coming up this week on the Smitty and Mitty Show podcast. We chat with fantasy football expert Matt Marchese from Sportsnet.ca and NHL to Olympics, Blue Jays, and more. It's the Smitty and Mitty Show, next. And now... Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Start your engines! 90% of the time, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. The show that's got everyone saying... You're so dumb, for real. With Smitty. What you just said is one of the most idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. And Smitty. I've been in this business 15 years. What's your name? you. That's my name. This is the Smitty Mini Show. Smitty Mini Show podcast, Tyler Middleton, Noah Smith, joining you for another week. And we're going to keep it really short after a long weekend. First, we apologize Mm. that we're releasing this on Tuesday. But you know what? We were busy. We had some busy times going. You were up camping, my friend. How did that go? It was good. It was good. It was nice to get away for uh, even just a couple days just to get up uh, somewhere new, hang out, and uh, really just relax, sit back. Uh, so that was overall, you know, great. I uh, definitely wish that I didn't have to deal with the long weekend traffic on Monday, but uh, that's just something you got to deal with when you're out of town on a long weekend. You, my friend, uh, you were a little bit further away on the other side of the province down in Windsor for some OBAs, and uh, you're coming back a winner. We are AA provincial champions. Uh, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Nothing to say. Now we have, we as an organization have won A, B, C, and finally got that elusive AA after the last uh, five years of trying. So. Yeah, we're excited. We were out really, really, really late last night. We went to um, a a bar where st- shirts are not required. Mm, for everyone? Yeah, where you should be vaccinated for about everything because who knows what you're going to catch. A place that was, was disgusting yeah. to go to before the pandemic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, mm. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. There was even carpet and it was like mushy carpet. It was not it was not a great place. But you know what? There was not a lot of tops. And that's pretty much all we were looking for. The OBA trophy took a beating. Oh, I, I don't doubt it. I don't yeah. doubt it. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you just need to get in there, though. Show it what <laughs> it's like that. to win. Show the trophy yeah. what it's like to win. And after we talk about some really high-class gentlemen's clubs, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Dave Middleton, Sunlight Financial Life is Brighter Under the Sun, Gold Line Curling, the choice of champions, host of or uh, sponsor of the 2022 Provincial Tankert happening in Port Algon, Ontario. Check, at, check it out online because tickets are available now. So we might be a little rusty today because we're both quite exhausted. Yeah, and we hope everyone had a fantastic Labor Day long weekend as well. As usual though, we're coming out a day later on the podcast. Hopefully no one is too upset. I saw that uh, our longtime listener, Scott, he said he's excited to listen, so hopefully when you're listening, Scott, you uh, aren't too mad at us for getting it out a day late. As always, check us out, Smitty Mini Show, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Make sure you're checking out the radio shows going live on the weekends on 560 Safe West and Owen Sound, stmarysradio.com, and then Tuesday mornings at 8 on blasttheradio.com, and then Rogers TV London and MIDI starting next week. We are starting on Rogers TV in Gray County. And you know what also happens tomorrow for me? Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You have no idea. You just no. Said, uh-huh. <laughs> no. You don't know. <laughs> Not a clue. It is my NFL fantasy draft. Because you know what? The NFL starts this weekend. 
very exciting. And you know what? We thought it might be nice to bring on an expert mm. that could help us with our fantasy picks, our fantasy notes, and pretty much everything to do with our money. And that's Mr. Matt Marchese of Rogers Sportsnet. Uh, very excited to talk about what one of the most exciting fantasy sports. I also, college football started last weekend, and I am already down a little bit of money because that Clemson-Georgia game really, uh, well, it was a bad game. It ended 10-3. It kind of uh, uh, screwed me, if I can use some foul language. Uh, yeah, so It was exciting to see college football back, eh? To see the crowds. Uh, um, uh, listen, I know we give the states shit a lot of times for um, maybe being back to full capacity when they maybe shouldn't be. But as a sports fan, it is exciting to see. It really is exciting to see full crowds back there and to get the college atmosphere that, you know, is so well known for. Oh, sorry. Whoa. That was the yawn that we were talking about. Woo. Uh, yeah, we watched the Seminoles game last night and it was jam packed. It was loud. It was fun. I lost money on that game as well, but it was a lot better game. And you're right because college football, we were talking about it sitting there having a couple of wobbly pops watching the game before we, uh, you know, celebrating. And we were talking about how college football is probably the most electric sport you can go to with all the tailgating and the pure passion that goes into it. Like there was a first, it was like a first quarter turnover in the Georgia game. And I saw a guy that's just like bawling, just crying. Cause he was so excited in the crowd. Like they're the passion. It just oozes passion. It's oozing passion in those buildings it's a lot of fun to watch but you can't really do uh fantasy sports on college i'm sure there's people that do i'm sure there's people that try i guarantee it's like the people that do that it's like the people that do cfl fantasy tough you gotta do it like under the book like under the table cfl fantasy well speaking of which (laughs) yeah oh no there definitely are speaking of uh under the books canada has now legalized single game betting within the country. And I wonder if you think it's going to change how we look at betting in this country. I don't know. I think it will be exciting once we do. Um, and I know we talked about this on the radio show this past weekend. I think one of the things that's most exciting for us maybe is when we get to go to a, a casino every now and then, right. And you can get involved in some single game betting at a casino. I don't think it's going to change anything. I mean, we've been single game betting on, you know, offshore sites for, for how long right like is it's something that's been going on here yeah close it shut that down uh, i don't think we're going to see much of a change in our personal oh, the, lives yeah. the only difference is that for one it, it was the same when marijuana became legal right people were smoking marijuana in canada don't tell the government but they decided hey maybe this isn't a terrible thing we need to get in on it so that we can make <laughs> oh, a little bit of our cash yeah i was gonna say hold hold on this is something we can make money off of yeah exactly and that's exactly what they're doing with betting they went oh everyone's doing it and we're just not getting our money revenue okay let's let's take the revenue let's skim off the top a little bit here yeah and the only reason that we had single game betting rules was that the canadian government was scared or governments in general, but the Canadian government uh, is specifically what we're talking about was scared that they would open up doors for, um, for staging games for, you know, fixing them like the Donahue scandal that we talked about before uh, on this very podcast, they were scared that that would be more prevalent if you could bet single games. Uh, but there, you know, there has been times we've seen it in, in college basketball, college football, where 
um, bookies catch it when there's an unusual amount of money that goes on to one game, it gets investigated and the NCAA in those situations uh, really clamped down on the teams that were trying to do what they were scared to do. So we have these in uh, these in-house, you know, mechanism, mechanisms, 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 to, uh, mechanisms mm. to, to stop these shenanigans the the tomfoolery, if you will, that's going to be happening. So I like it. I mean, yeah, I mean, like it's not going to change what I'm doing. It's, it's not, not going to change what you're doing. It's not going to change no. what a majority of people are doing. But like you said, uh, that marijuana analogy is is bang on, my friend, because people were doing it right now. It's just the government's way to you know collect their fair share, if you will, um, to collect their little bit of money that they can make on it. And now we all feel a little bit better about doing it. You can go do it wherever you want. I'm sure you can head down to the local convenience store, put your single game bet in, make yourself some money. If that's the way you want to do it, you want to do it old school, yeah. do it that way. Well, I saw today it was a bet. I think it was a bet 365 or pro line. It was a pro line and it had the, uh, the OLG, the like little jingle at the end. And I, I, I never noticed that before. I don't even know if it was there before, but uh, maybe I'm just overthinking it, but uh, you no, do overthink yeah. lots of things. Yeah. The one thing that I think could maybe change here is that there probably are some people that would be willing to put, you know, $5 down on, a, on an exciting game, like really nothing to a lot of people. Um, but we're doing it because, you know, it was illegal and, and all they could think was, Hey, this is illegal. So Maybe now that it is legal, you're going to get someone's like, oh, maybe I'll try it. I'll try it. Let's see what happens. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe you'll get the old, like the odd casual gambler. But I didn't like the whole argument about the addiction thing, because when you leave, when, when cigarettes are legal because of the, uh, you know, the tobacco companies and, and booze is legal because of the, uh, the booze manufacturers, then, and those are both highly addictive. Then you can't tell me that you know marijuana back in the day or gambling is any more or less addictive. It's just because they give less money to the governments. No, take your money. Let the people do what they want to do. <laughs> take your picks. Anyways, let's move on. Let's talk uh, to our guest this week. Hey, eh? you talked about uh, fantasy football. Let's dig into it with someone who knows it a lot better than even you, my friend. Even you, Mister Matt Marchese from Sportsnet.ca, fantasy football expert, joining us now. Matt, thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate the invite. No, we appreciate you joining us because, hey, football is around the corner. I'm super excited. Fantasy football drafts are coming, so I'm excited about that. So we'll get into that a little bit later. But obviously the biggest news as we talk today is uh, Cam Newton getting let go, which means Mac Jones is going to be the starting quarterback in New England. What do you think about that? How do you feel? As a, as a Buffalo Bills fan, I hate when New England makes the right decisions. Um, I, I'm a little bit surprised because I really thought that Cam Newton was going to start the year as the quarterback of the Patriots, even starting the year on the roster, even if Mac Jones was the guy that they decided to keep. I was just, I saw the news today and I was, I was prepping for producing one of my shows and I was just like, um, excuse me. And I, I it caught me off guard, but then when I kind of sat back and looked at what was at play here was Cam Newton only had $4 million guaranteed on a $13 million contract. So $9 million is what the Patriots will save on this. And we know Bill Belichick a lot of the times is up against the cap and they're very hard pressed. In this case, they probably felt like they could use that $9 million somewhere else. Maybe when it comes time for trade deadline you know, they, they acquire a bigger asset if they feel that they're really close. So I understand why they did it. I was just kind of flabbergasted at first. But in the same breath, Mac Jones has been really good 
uh, at, in preseason. And Cam Newton just wasn't all that effective last year. You know, he was decent before he got COVID, then COVID happened. And then he wasn't very good when he got back. Um, frankly, I thought Cam Newton, the best that he's looked in a Patriots uniform was the first, th- first two weeks of the preseason this year. He was throwing the ball really well. And I, I wonder how much he pissed off the New England Patriots with, with all the COVID stuff and, and not being vaccinated. I wonder if that was at play here, but I don't think that was the main reason for why they, they decided to release Cam Newton. Mac Jones is the future there, and we knew that. Um, just happened a little bit quicker than I think we thought. Now, I, I would imagine there's got to be a place for Cam Newton somewhere in the NFL this season. Do you have any spots, that likely landing areas, that you think he might end up in this season? And does it happen relatively soon? So, off the top of my head, I, I, I know Washington was mentioned. Um, I don't know. Like, I guess they bring in Cam on, on a, a minimum deal. The team that, to me, makes the most sense Actually, there's two, but the one that makes the most sense to me is Dallas. And the reason why it's Dallas is, and I, I, I say this when I talk about backup quarterbacks, if you think that you're a contender, if you think that you can win a Super Bowl, which I believe that the Dallas Cowboys think that they can, I'm not saying that they can, but I believe they think they can, then Cam Newton should be your backup quarterback and not Cooper Rush or Garrett Gilbert. Like the Buffalo Bills made the decision. Matt Barkley was the backup quarterback for whatever it was, two years, and he helped mentor Josh Allen. Well, Josh Allen doesn't need any mentorship anymore, so they went out and got Mitch Trubisky because the drop-off from Josh Allen to Mitch Trubisky is a hell of a lot less than the drop-off from Josh Allen to Matt Barkley. So if he goes down, and God, I hope that doesn't happen. If he goes down, you don't have to change the playbook all that much, and the the talent drop-off, like I said, is not that significant or as significant um, in Dallas's case, like they have Cooper rush and Garrett Gilbert as their number two and number three quarterbacks. I'm sorry, but that's just not going to cut it. And if they are worried about Dak Prescott's shoulder injury, well then you should be looking Cam Newton's way. I mean, he's, he's certainly better than those guys are. Um, Cam Newton with one arm is probably better than those guys are. So you bring him in because at least it gives you some stability at the position because let's face it guys, the quarterback position is the most important position in all of sports. Like if you don't have a good court, like in, in hockey, you know, if you don't have a, a great goalie, you could still win a Stanley cup. I mean, it's less likely, but it's, we've seen it happen. How often in the last 15 years have we seen a team win a super bowl without a really good quarterback? It doesn't happen all that often. Like, especially the way the game has been going where it's so heavily favored towards offensive, you know, success. You can't, you can't take a chance on it. We saw what happened with Dallas, even with Andy Dalton as their quarterback last season. They almost made the playoffs because the division was terrible. But, I mean, do you really want to take that risk again? I, I, I think Dallas makes the most sense. And a dark horse, in my opinion, would be Miami. I know they've been linked to Deshaun Watson like crazy, and I don't think that's happening this year. But I wonder if they bring him in to kind of mentor to a Tiger Bailoa a little bit and, and just, you know, have that guy. Because they had Fitzpatrick there last year. I wonder if they kind of go the same route on a cheaper deal with Cam. Now let's stay with the Bills and let's stay with the East because uh, Bills fan, and I'd like to say Bills fan with Noah too, just because I kind of made him. I didn't give him an option. <laughs> we have to watch Bills games on Sundays. <laughs> so 
the Patriots scare the hell out of me, mostly now that we know that Jones is going to be the starting quarterback because he just looks like another Bill Belichick, Tom Brady situation. He just he gives me the Patriots feeling. And on top of that, they're bringing guys back. They're going to run, I think, a lot of tight ends, two tight end sets and, and just really big guys, basically. And then on top of that, you got Miami, who's gotten a lot better. And who knows what steps they're going to take this year. How do you see? I mean, it's the Bills to lose for sure. Mm-hmm. But are you scared of any of those other teams? I'm not. And the only reason why I say that is because when I look at the quarterback situation, again, the most important position in sports, Josh Allen is by far the best quarterback in the division. And the Bills are returning basically the same team, especially on offense, uh, outside of John Brown. And then they replaced him with Emmanuel Sanders. They're basically bringing back the same team. And that was a team that went to the AFC championship and they made some additions on defense with their top two draft picks, Gregory Rousseau and Boogie Basham, two defensive ends. The Bills' biggest problem was they couldn't get any pressure on the quarterback. And when they did, it just like by the time they had gotten to him, he's already made a great play. We saw that in the AFC Championship. So, I am I mean, it's going to be a lot more difficult than it was last year, but I still think that the Bills are probably like, you know, 13 and four. I hate that I have to add up to 17 now because it's so much harder for people with radio broadcasting backgrounds. Um, 15, uh, 14 and three. I think they're kind of in that 12 to 14 win range, which should win you the division. Um, I, I think the Patriots will have improved. I think Mac Jones makes them better, but I'm still not 100% certain that they're, you know, they might not even be better than Miami. I think Miami's really good. Um, Miami's obviously going to depend on if Tua can take that next step, which I think he might be able to. And the Jets are still the Jets, but there's some hope there. You know, it's not we're not far removed from last season looking at the quarterback depth charts and going, okay, Tua, Tua's a rookie. He's just okay. Um, the Jets, Sam Darnold's not going to be there, so who knows what they're going to do at quarterback. And the Patriots are starting Cam Newton, and he's broken. So, I mean, oh, this is great. The Bills could go on a little bit of a run here and – one year later, we look and go, wow, this, this is one of the better groups of young quarterbacks in, in the entire league in one division. So it will be tougher, but I still think that the Bills, with the consistency that they have year over year with their roster, if Josh Allen, Josh Allen doesn't even need to improve on last year. He just needs to stay the same. And the Bills are in good shape. As long as the defense is better and they can get a pass rush, I think they're, I think they're in fine condition. And Sean McDermott's proven that he's a really good coach that guys like to play for. And I think that's so, so important in today's game in the NFL. All right, before we move on and go to some fantasy football, uh, you're talking about all the quarterbacks and we've got some interesting races for quarterbacks. Some that don't make sense to me, some that do make sense, which one, and this is going to, this kind of is going to lead into the fantasy football because like, who are you going to take? What's going to happen? What, what is the most interesting race for starting quarterback that you see right now and and maybe one that you think is going to start uh some way if it's you know Andy Dalton and then and going to fields like where do you think uh is the most interesting race in quarterback so the the Chicago one doesn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense to me and I'm a big Justin Fields fan as you can see by my soldier fields shirt um big big Justin Fields fan I actually had him ranked ahead of Trevor Lawrence as a you know, real quarterback, not just a fantasy quarterback. Um, Me too, actually. I, and, I feel it's the exact same way. And and I just think this this logic that people have of well, you don't want to throw 
Justin Fields up against Aaron Donald is like, okay, so what happens when they play, if they play the Browns, they got to go against Miles Garrett. Do you want him going against Miles Garrett? Are you going to put him in bubble wrap for his entire career? Like he's going to have to play against these guys. And I understand maybe not throwing him into the fire, but if he's good enough to start week two or three, which I think is what's going to happen, then he's good enough to start week one. And I kind of feel the same way about Trey Lance in San Francisco. To me, that's the more interesting one because the Niners have a track record of winning, and so does Jimmy Garoppolo. Even though he's a game manager, his his record, and I don't love the idea of using a record to determine a starting quarterback's you know future and whatever, but I look at how the team has fared with Jimmy Garoppolo as the quarterback, and it's been really good. The only issue that I have is that I believe that Trey Lance gives them the better chance to win. I think Trey Lance makes everybody better around him. He just may not be ready. Um, so I think I think Jimmy Garoppolo probably gets to week six or week seven. Uh, and then, who knows, Jimmy Garoppolo always finds a way to get hurt. So we may see Trey Lance even earlier than that. But I think the, that, to me, is the more interesting one. The Bears one flabbergasts me because we know exactly what Andy Dalton is. Andy Dalton is an average NFL quarterback. He doesn't win in the playoffs. And he's not going to make any of your playmakers any better. Like he's, he's not making Allen Robinson better. He's not making Darnell Mooney better. He's not making Cole Komet better. He's, he's making nobody better. Justin Fields gives you a higher ceiling. And that's why I think he should be starting right away. There's a track record in San Francisco. That's why Jimmy Garoppolo is probably going to be the starter for the foreseeable future. Now, moving on to fantasy and obviously uh, fantasy drafts getting underway, some of them coming up in the next couple of weeks and, and everyone getting excited for some people that maybe are, are newer to fantasy football. I'm going to throw myself under the bus there and say, I have no idea what's going on when I get into some of these fantasy football drafts. What is kind of a good strategy going into your first round, your second round picks? And who are you looking for um, to me? Who, who is someone like me looking for in the in the early rounds? Okay, so my strategy, generally speaking, has been, and especially lately, because we've seen the importance of having running backs. And yes, you can, there are people that believe that you can not take running backs in the first three or four rounds and still have success. You're banking on an injury, basically, at that point. And while that they do happen, I would rather not bet on a guy getting hurt so that I could have success in something. That seems kind of awful to me. Um, but I, I generally speaking, like to go running back, running back in the first two rounds, because if I can solidify the position, so even, even if I'm picking, let's say like pick nine and I can get Aaron Jones from green Bay. And then on the turnaround, I can get Austin Eckler. I'm, I'm pretty happy. I feel like I'm in a really good position. And the reason why it's so much, it feels so much safer to go running back, running back is because when you look at the talent that is at wide receiver, I don't think that I have ever seen a time where we have had so many good wide receivers and so many guys that could be wide receiver twos or wide receiver threes that are getting drafted as wide receiver fives or wide receiver sixes. I've just never seen it. Like I was doing, I, I do some rankings for, for fantasy pros on their expert platform or whatever expert platform. And I was running down the list and I was doing the wide receivers and I'm like, I got this guy too low. And I'm like, but where do I put him? And so an example of a guy like that is like, um, is Mike Williams. I think Mike Williams is going to have a really good year with the Chargers, but I've got him down at like wide receiver 40. I just, I can't move him up anymore 
And it's the influx of rookie talent. It's the influx of second year guys like the, you know, the Justin Jeffersons and the, and, um, uh, and third year guys like AJ Brown, like that's your, you walk into these situations where you look at the talent and go, I, I can wait on wide receiver because there are guys that you could take that can provide you can provide you really good value that you could get later on in draft. So I like to go with running back, running back. Um, if you're, if you're drafting early, obviously you want to lock up Christian McCaffrey. If you can, that's probably going to take the first overall pick. One guy that I would really keep an eye on in drafts because he seems to be tumbling like crazy and I don't get it is Saquon Barkley. I got him in, in a best ball draft at pick nine in the first round. That's a guy who can finish as the RB one over the course of the season. We've seen it. Yes. Health is, is an issue, but everybody seems to be so worried about, well, he's not going to get the full workload in the first two or three weeks. If you're 0-3 after the first three weeks, you're still able to get back into the playoffs. Like, you don't lose your fantasy championship in the first three weeks. And you, and you can't win it in the first three weeks. So if he starts to tumble, that's a guy that I would absolutely target. I wouldn't feel bad about it. Um, another guy is Jonathan Taylor. I've seen some weird drafts where he goes late in the first round. And this is a guy who was a top eight running back last season was really good. And everybody says, well, Marlon Mack's back. Well, I don't care. Jonathan Taylor is the best running back on that team. And last time I checked, it's really good. And they have a really good offensive line. And I'm okay with that. And they, I would think that Carson Wentz is better at this point in his career than Phillip Rivers was at the end of his career. So all these things, arrows point up for Jonathan Taylor, take advantage of those guys that start to tumble. Um, I don't generally worry about ADP because I, I take the guys that I want. I, I look for value, which is which is nice, but I always try and take the guys that I want. And running back, running back is is my favorite start because at least you can lock up the position. And if you really want to go running back, running back, running back, and then you've locked up your flex position with a, maybe a star running back could be like a David Montgomery who finished as a top five running back. Hey. You could be laughing all the way to the bank. I mean, you don't win. Like I said, you don't win in the first three weeks, but you could be pretty close with that start. Now, in some of the earlier, like I'm one of the guys that I don't like taking Bills players because I feel like I just inflate them, knowing them so well and watching them every week. But you have a quarterback who goes fairly early in the draft, uh, quarterback wise. Are you someone who will stretch for those top tier quarterbacks? Or are you waiting till the end and getting maybe a Stafford who, who knows what he could be. There's some upside there, but you're not wasting one of those early picks on him. So I, it's funny. Cause I actually just talked about this uh, the yesterday when I was doing a, a podcast and it, so the way I look at quarterbacks is this, this is all based on math. So if, if Patrick Mahomes is going pick 15, let's say, and Austin Eckler is going pick 16. So What's the difference in points per game between Patrick Mahomes in the second round or Aaron Rodgers in the sixth round? There's a very good chance that Aaron Rodgers could outscore Patrick Mahomes. So now you look at what's the difference in what I'm getting between Austin Eckler and let's say it's Deontay Johnson. So if Austin Eckler is five points per game better than Deontay Johnson is, and Patrick Mahomes is only two points better per game than Aaron Rodgers is, well, I made up three points by taking Austin Eckler instead of Patrick Mahomes, which is crazy to think about it, but that's how you got to, you got to kind of look ahead at drafts. I won't reach on a quarterback. I, I will not. And as much as I, I love Josh Allen, 
unless he falls to me and I feel comfortable, like if he's in the fourth or fifth round, then I'm like, okay, I'm comfortable taking him there because I've gotten, you know, whether it's two running backs or three running backs and one wide receiver or two wide receivers, then I'm like, okay, I can, I can take a quarterback here. And I'm fine with that. Generally speaking, he's not getting there. And in one quarterback leagues, I'm definitely not reaching on a quarterback because you said it, Matthew Stafford could be probably had in the eighth round and Matthew Stafford could absolutely finish as a top five quarterback and nobody would blink. Nobody would think twice about it. It's the same thing that goes for a guy like Justin Herbert. He's going a little bit earlier, but Justin Herbert could probably be had in the sixth or seventh round. Nobody would bat an eye if he finished as a top five or top eight fantasy quarterback. So I think you, I think you're better off building that the starting roster depth outside of your quarterback early, because again, like you guys saw it last season, how many really good quarterbacks were there? It felt like there were a ton and, and guys like Joe Burrow who got hurt is coming back. Then you bring in the rookies, Trevor Lawrence, who's, who's going to be with Jacksonville and, and the potential of Zach Wilson with the jets being a good fantasy option. And then you have guys that go later, like Ben Roethlisberger, who finished as a QB2 last year and probably got drafted as, or at least right now, he's going as like QB22 to 24. So there's value everywhere. I prefer to just manage my starting lineup, fill up what I need to fill up, and then maybe look at a quarterback. Because if Matthew Stafford's sitting there, I'm certainly happy if I filled out 90% of my starting roster. Uh, you talked about two of the guys there that I'm absolutely terrified of, and I don't really have a rationale why in uh, Jones and Rogers. Are you worried at all about the Green Bay situation and some production problems that could come out of there with the hatred that's going on? So I think that the hatred is actually a good thing or perceived hatred that we, because at the end of the day, we, we don't, we don't know enough of what's actually going on. But what I do know from what I've read is that Aaron Rodgers loves Matt LaFleur which is a good start. Like you like the head coach. That's a good start. I don't think he loves the front office, but I also think that Aaron Rodgers is maybe one of the most vindictive athletes that we've ever seen. Like Aaron Rodgers is going to want to stick it to somebody and he's going to go out and he's going to have, you know, maybe another MVP type season because he's going to show the Packers what you missed why you should have treated me better. And oh, by the way, after I go out and try and win another MVP, yeah, you're going to trade me after that. So I think there is, I think there's a lot of vindictiveness. Aaron Rodgers didn't talk to his family for, he he doesn't talk to his family anymore. So you mean to tell me that he's not going to try and stick it to his employer? Oh man, I think we got another thing coming. I think that the production is going to be just fine. I think the production is going to be on the same level it was last year. I think Devontae Adams finishes as the wide receiver one this season. I think Aaron Jones is a top five or six running back. I take that to the bank. I think that it's a, I think this is the best thing that could happen to Aaron Rodgers is them treating him like garbage because he's going to prove a point and then he's going to want out and then he's going to put the Packers in a really tough decision. Now here in 2021, obviously – I really hate to bring this into a, a show about fantasy, but COVID-19, does this play any role in how you pick a team this year? There's players that you maybe want to stay away from. Maybe it's Beasley on the Bills or someone like that. Do you look into that when you're drafting a team, guys that are maybe unvaccinated that might get into some issues or, or have to miss some games? It depends on how deep the rosters are. Like if you have really deep rosters, then you can kind of take chances. I also think it's where guys are slotted in. So you brought up Cole Beasley, for example. Cole Beasley was a, a wide receiver two or a wide receiver three in PBR formats last year. Like he was he was excellent. 
And he's getting drafted as wide receiver 56 right now. I know why that's happening because people are fading him because he's not vaccinated. But Cole Beasley, the football player, has not changed. You believe whatever you want about vax, anti-vax. That's, I'm playing fantasy football right now. And if guys like that are going to drop, I'm taking them. I'm taking them every every day and twice on Sunday. And and I'm okay with that value, especially because of where you get him. Like if you get Cole Beasley in the 14th round, it's not going to make or break your season. It might not break it, but it could make it if he has the season he did last year. So I'm less concerned about it because I do think it's if we just look in terms of COVID in the world, it's it's come under control. So, you know, if if some of these guys slip up, maybe maybe there's less of a chance of that happening. There certainly is less of a chance of that happening this year as opposed to last year was a mess. You know, we had games played on Tuesdays. We had, you know, wide receivers playing quarterback. I just, I don't think we're going to see that this year. Um, also, I think we will see, you know, we've seen it today. Urban Meyer said that some of the guys that were cut, they're not fantasy relevant, but it did come into some decisions. Those guys didn't make the team because they were unvaccinated. That came into play. So I think that teams are taking a little bit more of a cautious approach with those players. Like for the Bills, as an example, Cole Beasley's not vaccinated and Gabriel Davis isn't vaccinated either. So, you know, maybe those are guys that will fall anyway. I also don't believe that Lamar Jackson is vaccinated. And Lamar Jackson has had COVID twice as far as I know. Um, Good for him, an MVP and two cases of COVID. Like, I mean, that's a very short list. Um, But am I going to fade Lamar Jackson because of that? I'll probably take my chances because in fantasy football, sometimes you have to take chances because if you play too conservative and you just, you know, pick everybody at the ADP that they're supposed to go pick the next man up, you're probably not going to win. You're going to have to take some chances. So uh, I like winning and I will take chances on those guys because the like the chances of it happening again are a lot less likely. All right, I think this will probably be the last question we can get to, which is unfortunate, but I got, Two players for you that I want to get your opinion on. One, Michael Thomas. Where do you take him? What do you do with him? Can you stash him? I think what he's going to be out for six weeks. Is that what we're looking at? Yeah, about six weeks. Yeah, and on, so so what do you do with him? And on and uh, furthermore, Antonio Brown. What what why what do we do with him too? What do we look at him because he's he was one of the top receivers in the NFL, and now he's with one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So what do we do? Okay, so the Michael Thomas one is interesting because there are it's the same. The type of thing that we were talking about with COVID. Sometimes you got to take a chance on a guy. So when Michael Thomas comes back, Michael Thomas is going to be the number one target in New Orleans. And that usually means Michael Thomas is going to, you know, average like eight or nine targets a game. And he's probably going to have seven catches and he's probably going to have 80 yards. Like you can, that's, if you can bank on that production, that's pretty solid. And where he's going in drafts right now, you could probably get him as your wide receiver three. And like we talked about earlier, there are so many guys that can step into a role if you get them later. So you can you can probably get along with six weeks without Michael Thomas, and then you have you know a chance. So if if let's say it's Michael Gallup, Michael Gallup, you drafted as your wide receiver four or wide receiver five, he slots into your wide receiver three, part of a really good offense. And then when Michael Thomas comes back, you slot Michael Thomas into your wide receiver three or wide receiver two position. 
and you've and you've already had success, you're laughing. I think it's worth the risk. I I won't reach on Michael Thomas though. If he's available when I'm supposed to pick within you know two or three places, maybe five six places of his ADP, then I might take a risk on him there. Um, and and I'm fine with with having him sit on my bench. Uh, there's I have no problems with that. Antonio Brown is a really interesting one because from weeks nine to seventeen, Antonio Brown was wide receiver twenty two in PPR. Um, and Chris Godwin was wide receiver 17 and, uh, Mike Evans was wide receiver 11 in that same time frame. So Tom Brady supported three top 24 wide receivers, which is unheard of in today's game. Antonio Brown walked off the street and learned the Tampa Bay playbook, which is not an easy playbook to learn, especially because Tom Brady had some influence in that. So Antonio Brown walks in, finishes wide receiver 22 for the last, whatever it was, eight weeks, nine weeks of the season. And he's being drafted as the third wide receiver on the team, which is fine, but like wide receiver 40. He can absolutely turn into a wide receiver two. I don't think, I don't think there's enough volume for him to finish as a top 12 wide receiver, but I absolutely think there's enough for him to finish as a top 24 wide receiver. And the reason why I say that is because I look at um, I look at Tom Brady, and if we go back in history, Tom Brady has wanted Antonio Brown forever. He wanted him in New England. He got him. He got into his legal issues. He goes to Tampa Bay. He wants Antonio Brown. He gets Antonio Brown. He wants Antonio Brown to resign for another year. He gets Antonio Brown to resign for another year. Tom Brady wants to make Antonio Brown great again. I know that sounded really Trumpian, but he wants to make Antonio Brown great again. And I think he will. And that's really scary. So in the same breath as you, as you're looking at, at Mike, uh, Michael Thomas, I'm looking at Antonio Brown, a guy that I could really count on when it matters down the stretch. And I know there are people that look at this and go, Oh my God, I'm, I'm staying away from Antonio Brown because he's a mess off the field, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. There's risk involved in that, but I would much rather take, the high risk, high reward of Antonio Brown than have to settle for, you know, more of a boomer bust guy. Like let's say it's Michael Gallup. I know Michael Gallup's come up a lot in this conversation, but that's how, that's how you kind of have to approach it. If you have a roster that you think is solid. So if your wide receivers ahead of Antonio Brown are, let's say it's, it's uh, Justin Jefferson and T Higgins. And you look at that and go, I'm really comfortable with Antonio Brown as my wide receiver three, because I know I'm going to get production out of my first two guys. It's worth the risk. And then maybe I'd supplement Antonio Brown with taking a different receiver, like a Cole Beasley later on, or if it's a, I don't know, um, a Tyler Boyd a little bit earlier and Antonio Brown's your wide receiver four. like there's, there's lots of ways that you could go about it, but I absolutely think he is worth that risk because I think he could really pay dividends for well, we're uh, out of time, Matt. I thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure to have you on, and we'll have to talk to you again uh, maybe later on in the football season and pick your brain a little bit more. But uh, once again, thank you for joining us. No problem, and uh, enjoy the chat anytime, guys. Uh, you just let me know when you need me, and I'll, uh, I'll be happy to help. I'm Dave Middleton, a proud Sun Life Financial Advisor, and I've got some fantastic ideas for the money that's building up in your bank account due to COVID-19. Make more and protect more. Visit sunlife.ca slash dave.middleton. 
Goldline Curling is proud to support the Port Elgin Chrysler 2022 Ontario Tankard in Saugine Shores, powered by Bruce Power, February 9th through 13th at the Plex in Port Elgin. Goldline Curling, the choice of champions. This is the Smitty and Mitty Show. What a beautiful wedding. What a beautiful wedding. Set a Wow, that was amazing. Way to go. Noah Smith, Tyler Middleton, Smitty Mitty Show. Thinking about Marchese. I hope you're going to keep that because I really I enjoyed uh, it. This is the this is how we're going. Let's just okay, I enjoyed right it. Into it. That was I good. like that. Let's keep it. Fan, uh, fantasy football. Thinking about Marchese for joining us. Uh, regular football. The actual football. What the fantasy is based off of starting this weekend. Uh, do you want to talk at all about it? I know we talked on the radio show. We talked about some teams we're excited about, some teams we're not too excited about. Um, give me uh, what do you, what do you want to say? What do you want to say? Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. First of all, what was your team that you were so excited about? The team I was did you ask me teams I was excited about or teams I was interested to see how they did? I, I think I forget how you phrased it on the radio show because I believe my answer was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I think I gave you that you answer did. because I was curious to see how Brady does and to see if the Bucs can repeat this year because they do look, once again, like favorites to win the Super Bowl. And it's just like, how much longer can Tom Brady do it? And uh, those Bucks, by the way, kicking off the season Thursday night against the Cowboys, a rare, not terrible. Thursday night football game coming for us. Uh, a bunch Actually, of a games. Good Thursday night yeah, football a, game. It's a great Thursday night football game. A bunch of games slated for us ending week one with the Monday nighter Ravens versus the Raiders. Again, that's obviously an eight 15 start. And as I'm looking at these games, you know, I like to bet on games that I think are going to be interesting to watch um, that Jaguar Texans game. I think I might watch just to see, obviously to me, a lot of eye, eyeballs for the Trevor Lawrence uh, sweepstakes the start obviously Bills Steelers I think that's a like I think we overlook how I know we don't like to talk about the Bills because we're going to watch them either way but like that is a good matchup for week one Bills and Steelers like I think that'll be an interesting game we have a bunch of phenomenal games here Packers Saints uh, Dolphins Patriots Browns Chiefs Browns Chiefs is going to be an exciting one that's like I think that's one of the four o'clock games uh, that's what I love some, about there's football. some exciting games I know we talked about it, but this is what I love about football. I'm looking at the schedule and I'm thinking, all right, one o'clock games. I'm going to have a computer and a TV screen and I know which two games I'm going to have the bills up there and uh, I'll probably have the Jags up for a bit. The Seahawks are there. I like that game Thursday night. I'm obviously going to be watching that. You know, I got my one o'clock game down uh, the four o'clock game. Browns Chiefs, Dolphin Page, their Pats. I'm going to have that. And then the Sunday nighter of Ravens and, and Raiders, like I'm going to be glued to my TV on Sunday. And that is, I'm so excited for that. You know how amazing it would have been to be hung over today and have football on TV all day. Oh yeah. You just order yourself some food to the door, put your feet up and watch football for like eight hours. Would have been great. You know what I think we need to do? I want to find a sponsor of one of these delivery services that doesn't just charge you at the bottom. Cause we did order food tonight. Cause neither of us want, uh, wanted to cook my apologies. And the surcharge was ridiculous. It came to like $53, the food or something, which I mean, whatever, that's a night out for the two of us. And, but then the surcharge brought up to like 75 bucks. 
mm-hmm. with delivery stuff. It was like, what? Pardon Pay- me? Paying for convenience, my friend. Yeah, we need to find a sponsor for this. That's like a Sunday. You know, it's perfect for football because you can order yourself some wings. And it's going to come to your door and you're not paying an arm and leg. That's where we need to find. We're sending out a PSA to any company who uh, wants to sponsor us. The food delivery companies now give me your money and free food. <laughs> and let's be fair. If there was two people that a food delivery company would want to sponsor. It's, it's, that's a yeah. pretty good choice. That is. Yeah, a this good is choice. it. This is it. We constantly have food in our beards. <laughs> this is, it's like a permanent thing. We keep it there for later on purpose. I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, mm, part of a wing. No. Fantastic. That wing did not get finished earlier. I need to finish that wing. Exactly. It's always sitting there. Uh, Hockey. Hockey. Some hockey. You want to talk hockey? Yeah. Some interesting news this past week is the NHL uh, officially deciding that they're going to let players go to the upcoming Beijing Winter Olympics. Um, What are your thoughts on that? Are you excited to see NHL players back? We didn't see them correct in 2018. No, so I don't think we've it, seen them for a couple Olympics. 2018, uh, we did see them in 2014, correct? That was in uh, Sochi. We saw NHL players in Sochi. I think it was just in 2018 Well, in, in South Korea. Maybe it's, we it seems see so long because I guess that was eight years ago, but I remember I was in school the last yeah, time. Yeah, I that, mean, you miss one Olympics. it's uh, You don't see <laughs> almost yeah, a decade. Exactly. Um, it just makes it interesting to me. I didn't watch hockey without the NHL players. This is the whole point of the Olympics is to have the best athletes in the world competing. And it's something we don't get at world hockey championships. It's something we don't get um, at world juniors, even though those are the best young players. They're some of the best players in the world. Cause obviously Sydney Crosby yeah, is a lot better next, than anyone at the world generation juniors. of talent. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then when they did the hockey world cup or whatever it was, the NHL put on to try and be like, Hey, we're not going to the Olympics, but look, we got this. It wasn't the same either because there wasn't that passion. Like hockey brings this country together. And when you, it makes me excited when I see the projected rosters, like a first line of like McDavid, McKinnon and Marner. Like, thank you. I like it. I appreciate it. Give me that. Yum, 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 yum. Give me that. I want to eat it. And you want to know what's the most exciting thing to me about this is that there's teams that will compete with that Canadian team, right? Like there's so much talent in the NHL. And when you put them back with your countries, like it's going to be an interesting tournament. I heard someone the other day, and I've, we've heard this numerous times with the Olympics. NHL players are professionals. They shouldn't be allowed to go to the Olympics. The Olympics is an amateur event. Man, that is so old. Like that is so old. The Olympics haven't been an amateur thing for years, probably a century, if not more. I, yeah, I think Usain Bolt over his career made like $150 million or something. Like, yeah, so that's how they amateur? started. Yeah, that's how they started as amateur sporting, sure. It but should even then, be. it was the best of the best. It should be. It's just be. there wasn't, there wasn't such a thing as professional. The there wasn't such thing as professionals 150 years ago. We right? have to adjust to times. And I, I mean, it's not even adjust. I feel like this is just a, a strongman argument that, okay, yes, everyone wants hockey players. Like, I don't even know who would say that they don't want NHL players there because the content is so much worse. Do you like, like just you think easily, of you, the you Vancouver gotta, Olympics? Uh, 100%. How, how thrilling that was. And you got to easily be able to charge twice amount for a ticket with NHL players at the Olympics. Uh, sure. I, I don't know if it's set prices at the Olympics. I also don't, I honestly don't know how the pricing works for tickets. I was considering, you know, it's in LA, what, in 20, a couple of summer Olympics, I believe. 28, 2028. I'm saving now. I'm saving now to maybe get some tickets down to the LA Olympics. 
because it'd be pretty cool it's one thing i want to do in my lifetime is make it to an olympic event i'd love it to be the winner because obviously winner is is canada uh but if it's going to be anything i kind of wish i went to vancouver actually I don't know if we're ever going to see another Olympics back here, at least not for a while. It costs not a for a while. I think the Vancouver Olympics for people our age was just a little bit too soon for a lot of us, right? Just a couple years too early. Like, I think I was still in high school. And I don't know if high school me could have flew out to Vancouver to watch the Olympics. But if I was no. in college, a little bit after college, right? Like, if oh, it we was, drove. I if it was drove with you out there. If it was the 2014 Olympics... Right? Like 2010 Olympics, actually, I was still in elementary school. You were in elementary school? I was in elementary school. I hadn't even I was, got the high I think school. I was in grade 12. I think. I think in 2010? Maybe not. I didn't graduate. I didn't get, leave high school until 2015. So I was still in my last year of elementary school. Wow. It doesn't That's seem a, like that. It, that doesn't back. seem right, but it is. But you just, I don't know. My, my point is you just remember everything that happened. We got way off the point. We got way. <laughs> we started talking about NHL players at Olympics, and now we're talking about elementary school. Basically, uh, uh, what excites me is that, like, Team Germany is going to show up, and they're going to have a solid team. You know, the Czech Republic, the Slo- Slovakia, they're going to have solid teams. At World Juniors, they don't usually. But in this event, they are going to have team, And it's just, it's way more competitive. Like you said, we've said it 20 times here. It's the best teams in the world. It's the best players in the world. And we're excited. Let's not get it wrong. We're excited because Canada is the best country when it comes to hockey. And you look at those rosters, and Mark Scheifele is projected to be the your last forward. Yeah. Like, There's going to be fantastic How many teams would he play players. on the first line? There's going to be fantastic hockey players that get cut from that team. You're going to have probably Carey Price, Marc-Andre Fleury, and Jordan Bennington as your three goalies for the Olympics. Would be my guess. I would. I, that's just a general guess. Marc Andre Fleury is a, like a perennial winner. Carey Price is the best goaltender in the world, and Jordan Bennington won a Stanley Cup in his very first year in the NHL. Like, just those options. Like, who's being left off of that roster? Who's not going to be able to play for Canada? Fantastic players. Yeah, like it is insane. Uh, all right, quickly here. We, we're going to talk Blue Jays before we end off the show, but on the topic of hockey and Olympics, I want your way too early final score on Canada versus China. Because it's going to be a blowout. Uh, man, uh, 10, 10 nothing. 10 nothing? You think they're really? That's low scoring. I just, yeah. I, it's always like that because, I mean, Especially they, them being because they put know. up eight in the first period and then they just like skate around yeah, the ice. Yeah, the exactly. Two. And then and they're like, oh, they got dominated in the second period. It's like, okay, Crosby played like 30 seconds of that period. Like 16, you, you, 16 yeah. to nothing. That's my guess. That's my guess. Did they announce who the coach is going to be yet? That'd be interesting. Mike for the Chinese team? No, for Canada. <laughs> Babs is not going to coach the Chinese national team. Babs would for sure show, coach the Chinese team if somebody asked him. Yeah, you think? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, it was just one hundred percent. He would coach the Chinese team. Not even a doubt in my mind. All right, Blue Jays. Before we finish off the show here, uh, they're back in the hunt, man. It seems like every time we think this team is done, we count them out. We think, oh my goodness, another season like this. It's Monday night here. It's Monday night here, and the Jays are three games out of a wild card spot. You know what it is? It's because. A lot of Toronto fans are Leafs fans, and Leafs fans have been bit more times than they like to admit. 
we have True. a yeah we have a, a trust issue with sports for sure but i mean the team played bad last week they did and people panicked and now they're eight and two in their last 10 and it looks a lot different especially when yeah. you sweep oakland and you sweep oakland first game. who you're in a race with you beat the yankees in the first game of a series which just uh, just crushes down those games back in the in a wild card race it's going to be exciting. Well, you mentioned to me before we started that you actually thought Pat Tabler said something smart. And that's rare. That is rare. If we ever right. had Pat on the show, we can I let him know that it is yeah. rare. Yeah. What he said was it was back when they were five, they were five games out with five weeks left. And he said, make sure you just cut one game off each week after Sunday you're only four back next Sunday, you're three back. And then eventually you're going to be in that race. And I think that's a really smart way to look at it because these games are going to fluctuate. You know, they're going to go on an eight game. They're on a five game win streak right now. So they're going to go on a five game win streak and then they're going to lose two. And all of a sudden they're going to be five back again. And then they're going to win a couple. Maybe they win three and now they're only two back. Like it's going to fluctuate like that. You're going to have that movement. So you can't overreact to one game. Like I was frustrated when they were playing Oakland they won two games and dominant fashion one with an amazing comeback at josh harrison i don't know if he just wanted to be the most hated person in canada but mm-hmm. yeah but he is, is. <laughs> like he took he might have taken over roughing odor it might be josh harrison then roughing odor that's it's possible uh but when they win those first two games and they don't make any ground they actually lost a half game in the standings which didn't make sense is because of the off tape but blah 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 it, you know it's just you it gets in your mind it gets in your mind so you got you have to look at it like that week by week by week and just make sure you're in it. You don't have to win it, but make sure you're there. Make sure you're ready to go. Well, it's, it's so easy to uh, overthink, to overanalyze when you can sit here all hours of the day and check the standings, check the out-of-town scoreboard, see how many games you made up today. Maybe you lost half a game today and you start to panic a little bit and go, the number's getting bigger, the number needs to get smaller, but it's getting bigger, right? Just simple things like that that get your brain thinking that it's not good. When in reality, like you said, if you look at it week over week, they're getting closer, right? They're getting closer to that wildcard spot. And that's all you got to do every single week is just get closer, just get closer. And then hopefully in the last two weeks of the season, that one game back, two games back can flip to one or two games up. Now, let me ask you something. How tired are you? Extremely tired. We're about okay. to finish this podcast. All right. So I'm Tyler Middleton. That's Noah Smith. Thank you to our sponsors, Dave Middleton, Sunlight Financial Life, Brighter Under the Sun, Gold Eye Curling, the choice of champion, champions. As I said, check out online because tickets are available for the 2022 Tankert Ontario Curling Championship in Port Elgin at the Plex. So check those out. Get your tickets. You will see us. Come see us. Come get an autograph. I have a great signature. Mine is phenomenal. I will even sign it 2021 double uh, a oba champions i will even sign that for you uh <laughs> loses value <laughs> so many uh, many show on instagram facebook twitter that's many many show on the youtubes check it out there as well thank you to matt marchese for joining us at roger sportsnet good luck to everyone on the fantasy drafts coming up this week and in fantasy this week maybe you're in an elimination pool like uh good luck to that uh, putting any we bets wish... down good luck yeah. don't lose too well. much money We wish you well watching these games. Enjoy week one of fantasy or of, uh, of the NFL season, because it's, we only get 17 of these. So enjoy every week as you can again, starting Thursday night with an exciting Noah's Tampa Bay Buccaneers playing the Cowboys on Thursday night. So check that out. Uh, We thank you again 
It's a Smitty Mini Show podcast. Check us out next week uh, on Monday. It'll be Monday next week, we promise.